Ezekiel 25, 17. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness, for he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. Ha 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 ha, that's not funny. That's a great song. I'm so in love with you. Okay, calm down. Whatever you want to do is all right with me. Cause you make me feel so brand new. I want to spend my life Sunday morning, and the sound you hear is groaning throughout the metro area. I'm convinced that if it were up to Bump, he would be doing this show this morning. What does he care? It's, what, 5.02 in Maui? He would have done it, I'm sure, but I think the powers that be said, relax, take the weekend, enjoy your family, go up in a helicopter, enjoy life. And get ready for Monday afternoon. Barrero off today. I am Dave Sinekin in for the next two hours. And happy to be here with uh, my guy Ryan Donaldson as we will somehow, some way, fill the crater-sized void left when Barrero is out, along with Garzi. I'm a little jealous. I've never been to Hawaii. You, Ryan Donaldson? I, I have, but I was like 13. I don't remember much of it, other than how warm and glorious it was. Must be nice. Well, you're not that old. You really don't remember? What are you, 30? What are you? I'm 32. So that was like 19 years ago. I don't remember much. All right. Well, that surprises me a little bit. We we did a little snorkeling, a little scuba diving. I remember that. That was cool. Yeah, I've never been. And I'm a whole generation. I won't be specific, but let's just call it an entire generation older than you. And I've never made my way there. I'd like to do it someday. It sounds 
glorious. Sounds like the boys are having fun. The first show was, I thought, extremely entertaining, and uh, they'll be uh, broadcasting Monday through Wednesday from Maui, but uh, they have the morning off. So I am in, and Ryan's with me, and we will uh, spend the next couple hours just kind of hanging out and chatting about what's going on in the world of sports and movies. It's Oscar night, and how can we go a couple hours without chatting a bit about that? That'll uh, enter the conversation Lots of uh, hoops talk with the uh, Big Ten tournament ending today. I found it very interesting and entertaining. A little NBA news we can go over. Wolves are on an all-star break like break. Uh, For those of you that don't know much about me, hockey will not be on the platter today. I just, not to upset state of hockey, because, look, most of you don't care for me anyway because of my football fandom. I don't really endear myself to others when I say I just don't enjoy hockey that much. Well, if you need your hockey fix, Wild Fanline returns tonight after the Wild game tonight. All right, there you go. They'll play the Red Wings, and Fanline with Micheletti and Tenna B will be here, so you'll get your hockey fix. There you go. So just have to wait for it. And um, so that will not be part of the uh, two-hour platter, uh, but plenty of uh, football talk because the Vikings um, quarterback situation I find fascinating, and... I think in the next couple of weeks we'll we'll clearly know which direction it takes. I feel like there's only one direction it's going, and we'll get to that in a minute. I came into the studio today, and NFL Network's up here in the studio, Ryan, and I was um, traveling from Wednesday through the end of the week, so I haven't seen or heard much about the the NFL Combine, but it was uh, it's going on right now. And you know, as much as I love the NFL, the idea that people would sit and watch grown men run 40-yard dashes endlessly just mystifies me. They, I, I sat down, and they've got defensive linemen running 40. Yeah. And maybe a football mind smarter than me can explain why that's important for a defensive lineman. Yeah, good question. You know, okay, quickness, the, the what's that, three-cone drill where you got to kind of turn, you know, all right, show me that. I, I see how that could matter. But you've got these 340-pound guys lumbering, I'd say 40% of them pull up before 40 yards with some kind of muscle pull. Correct. But I saw them just gushing over, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. Is it Vita Via? Vita Via? We'll go with it. I don't really know. He's a um, a real big dude from the University of Washington, considered one of the top defensive linemen in the draft. Uh, we'll go in the top half of the first round. And he ran a 5.11. For a man his size, they were um, gushing. So... Um, for those of you that are combine geeks, I'm not going to get too much into it, but I did find one player's story just fascinating, and I'm really interested to watch what develops with Shaquem Griffin. He is the linebacker from Central Florida who has one hand. He lost his left hand, I want to say when he was four. That's what I heard as well. It was amputated. He had a some kind of a disease where his fingers wouldn't couldn't didn't grow properly, and he was in constant pain. Right. And um, so he lost his hand at the age of four, and he's been, you know, he was terrific at Central Florida, the undefeated Central Florida team that won what they like to call the national championship. And he was terrific 62 tackles, five and a half sacks. He wrote an absolutely amazing story at the Players Tribune that I encourage you to read to hear his story. And it goes back to when he was eight years old. And he, well, first of all, I'm not sure eight year olds should be playing tackle football. But uh, he was, along with his twin brother, Shaquille Griffin, who's a cornerback for the Seahawks. And he faced prejudice and adversity from the age of eight, where coaches just didn't want to allow a one-handed kid 
to play football. They told him he didn't make weight, even though he knew he did, uh, so he wasn't allowed to play. All the way, even through his first three years at Central Florida, he was not allowed to play. He was knocked down to the scout team or uh, redshirted. It wasn't until Scott Frost, the new Nebraska coach, came down there and, and saw what he thought he had in him and said, this kid can play. You know, you know, if you're a, an offensive lineman, you know, where you've got to use your hands, you know, or obviously a skill position, he's a linebacker. And, yes, he has to shed blockers, but uh, it's about tackling, and that's what he's done really well. And he was finally given a chance his last two years at Central Florida and really became a dominant player for the competition that Central Florida played against. And now the next challenge. Now he's going to face NFL teams that are going to be leery about understanding whether a a one-handed man can handle uh, the rigors and the talent they have to face day in, day out. And so I read that 15 teams, I believe, have scheduled interviews with him. Um and including Seattle, where his brother plays. Um, but I'm really curious what kind of chance this guy gets. I hope he gets drafted. Uh, I guess it wouldn't shock me if he doesn't. I think it would be disappointing. Um, where he goes, can he play linebacker? Does he play safety? Will he have a career and an opportunity in the NFL? But if you read what he wrote at the Players' Tribune, you will be a fan of Shaquem Griffin. So of all the combine stories, and there have been some there are always a couple heartbreaking stories. Uh, the latest, Maurice Hurst, the Michigan defensive star, was found to have a heart condition similar to uh, Carolina Panthers defensive star, Star Latulale. Same exact kind of condition. He's been able to play with it, but Hurst will no longer participate in the combine drills, and it certainly takes a guy who also considered, I believe, top 20 type talent, right? I mean, certainly a first-round pick. And now his future has to be called into question and where he'll get drafted. And you hate stories like that. Just an uber-productive player at Michigan um, waiting for this moment to showcase his talents in Indy and um, diagnosed with this heart condition, which will certainly give everyone pause and make sure he's okay to play at the next level. Uh, There are always stories like that at the Combine. I know PA and Charge were there. Are, Are they... Still there early this week? or They wrapped it up on Friday, so they're on their way back, okay. it sounds like. Because it does continue, right, for a couple more days, right? Yes, sir. So um, that will dominate NFL geekdom for the next few days um, as all the college players showcase their speed and talents and all the little drills they do. And for some, it's must-watch TV. For me, uh, I'll take a hard pass on that. But a couple of interesting storylines. And for me, Shaquem Griffin, a guy who I now... Well, we'll watch very carefully to see if uh, if he's given a shot. Uh, wouldn't shock me at all if everybody passes on him. He signs as an undrafted free agent and um, has to go the hard way. But you read what he's dealt with since he was eight on the last 15 years, whatever it is, uh, I will not bet against that kid. And um, I, I really do hope he gets his shot. Um, so the big NFL storyline obviously revolves around the Vikings quarterback situation. Talked a bit about it in the zone with Double T yesterday. I've read some stories since then that completely point me in one direction. And and tell me if you agree, Ryan Donaldson. Okay. The moves the Vikings have made or not made, meaning not tagging Case Keenum, and the comments that Mike Zimmer has made on the record about his three quarterbacks and really throwing daggers at all three guys. You know, we, we can't trust necessarily Sam Bradford. He looked great week one, but then he was lost. Teddy Bridgewater, 
two years removed from playing. And then the really interesting, you know, is this the Case Keenum from last year or are we going to get the Case Keenum from three years ago? To me, that kind of comment makes it absolutely impossible for them to bring Keenum back. I don't know why Keenum would come back. So in my mind, and granted, of all the guys here that uh, get to talk here on the fan, I am farthest removed from, I'm going to still call it Winter Park, although they've moved to Egan, and I would think a fancy, fun new name should accompany them, because Winter Park is Eden Prairie. Right. So for now, until I'm told otherwise, we'll call it Winter Park. So the brain trust at Winter Park, for me, is 100% all in on Kirk Cousins and believes that they are going to get Kirk Cousins, because otherwise, why do you close the door on Case Keenum? And you kind of did it throughout the season, week after week. Who's your starting quarterback? Well, you know, Case is looking pretty good, but I'm not sure. He never uh, committed to Case Keenum, and maybe that was his little mind tricks. The Case needs the chip on his shoulder. I don't want him to get comfortable. At some point, if I'm Case Keenum, who is a very productive college quarterback, certainly bounced around, but are you going to criticize him for not producing with Jeff Fisher when... Nick Foles, Jared Goff, nobody produced under Jeff Fisher and and that circus that was the Rams. Sometimes guys just need the right coach and the right opportunity, and it all fell into place for Case Keenum. And I am beyond gobsmacked that they didn't tag Case Keenum. And maybe they don't like him that much. And maybe, you know, Jake Gruden doesn't like Kirk Cousins that much, right? Or they would have signed him to a franchise quarterback type deal. For some reason, they, they just don't love Case Keenum, and I'm I'm really surprised because it's such an obvious, easy thing to say, all right, that was a great 11-12 game stretch, sign him for a year, franchise him, give him another year to prove himself with this great team around him, and if he does it again, he's our guy, and if he doesn't, we move on next year. But I think by passing on the tag, look, there are plenty of teams that are going to pounce on, don't you think we'll pounce on Case Keenum? Sure, oh, for sure, I, I mean, think there will be. There, you look at Arizona, which doesn't have a ton of cap space. And I don't think Case is going to command, he'll command Bortles-type money, I think many believe, which is, what do you get, three for 54? 57, or think, something okay, like so that. It, yeah. So Jeff Teague money, I like to call it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> three for 57. That kind of deal, a team like Arizona, a team like Buffalo, maybe a team like Cleveland, there are those teams that you figure maybe Cousins doesn't want to look at because they're not ready to win, um, that I think will pounce on Case Keenum after what they saw the last 11, 12 games. So I think that ship has sailed. I think the Vikes are all in on Cousins and believe they're going to get him. And I'm going to, when we come back from our first break, uh, talk about a, a, an article I just read out of New York, that uh, a Jets blog, where they they are absolutely terrified that despite the idea of backing up the Brinks truck, uh, they don't feel they have a shot at Cousins, that it's preordained that he's coming to Minnesota. We'll talk about that and... The, the small sample size from in the zone yesterday, I feel like Vikings fans are not down with Kirk Cousins coming here. And maybe I just it was just a small sample size, and the, the, the folks that agreed with me and Trent uh, spoke up, and many more are excited about the idea of an actual quote-unquote franchise quarterback signed for three-plus years to this team. Stability at the quarterback position, they're all in on that. Uh, so I'll be anxious to get some feedback from those listening today. Are you all in on Cousins or... Would you rather them bring back Case or another scenario? But it looks to me that the stars are aligned, that the Cousins will be here. We'll chat about that. We would love your input. I had no guests lined up. We're working on one movie-related guest on Oscar night. But otherwise, 
It's a free for all. Uh, Cynic and in for for Barrero Sunday sermons. So uh, we'd love to hear from you. Six five one nine eight nine five three two six or toll free eight hundred three two zero five three two six. Talking cousins, talking quarterback, talking purple, and uh, we welcome you back right after these on the fan. This is Sunday Sermons on the Fan, presented by Metropolitan Ford in Eden Prairie or MetropolitanFord.com. Check out our contest page at KFN.com and register with an exclusive trip to the NCAA Final Four in San Antonio. You have a chance to win if you register at KFN.com. The trip will include airfare, lodging, two tickets to the national semifinal and national championship games, a VIP experience, and much more. KFN.com, keyword contest to enter. Nine twenty-one on a Sunday morning, Sinekin in on sermons for uh, Bump, who is of course in Maui, sleeping. I would hope comfortably. Did I just read we're supposed to get nine inches of snow the next two days? Did you That's see that? That's what my sources here at the uh, Western National Insurance Group Weather Center are telling me. All right, so cue the we're happy for you, Sandra, because I'm uh, <laughs> I'm jumping on a plane about five o'clock heading to Orlando. Oh well, we are happy for you. A few rounds of golf, my buddy Pepe. So I'm. Really, really sad to hear. I'm going to miss a nine-inch snowstorm, but it's March, so you know it'll melt quickly. That you got that going for you. Well, there's that. We are. Um, something tells me this is now going to dominate Sunday sermons because it's all over Twitter now. The um, the story I read before the show um, from SNY TV, which is a Jets blog. It almost should. I should almost be a part of that. It's almost my last name. It's. Freaky looking at it because everybody calls me Cinny. There you go. It looks just like it's it's my own website. Uh, Ralph Vacchiano reported that the Jets are taking the Minnesota threat seriously after some informal preliminary talks with Cousins Camp this week. Oh wow! Da-na-na-na-na. Right? Yeah. Where's the breaking news sounder? <laughs> well, let's get let's get mm-hmm. this sounder in while we go while we go yeah. over. Oh this. yes, yes, please do. This is going to make it official. Vikings quarterback. I love that. So, yes, as uh, Pro Football Talk writes, informal preliminary talks technically are prohibited, but they happen every year, involving every team. Any team that isn't doing it has put itself at a competitive disadvantage. So if the Jets have had informal preliminary talks with the Cousins camp, the Vikings have too, and the planets are starting to align as to the quarterback's future. The Jets, per Vacchiano, have heard enough to move on to plans B and C and, if possible, D at quarterback. Yes. Although the Jets believe, per Vacchiano, that they can offer more money and a better structure to Cousins, the Jets fear that Cousins would take less to go to Minnesota for a better chance to win. Reports are the Cousins would like a three-year deal at $30 million a year, all guaranteed. $90 million guaranteed, three years Thirty million per year. Excuse me. Which, of course, what do I immediately think when I hear that? 
What's Aaron Rodgers going to get once he sees that deal? Because oh, my goodness. Aaron's waiting for that deal to get signed and sealed and delivered, and then he will sit down with the Packers. And so, okay, I, don't, I know we've been talking about all these numbers, but just grab that pen. Let me just add one more zero to that deal we were discussing just a couple days ago. So this doesn't surprise me, Ryan, because, again, as I said in the last segment, the way Zimmer's approached this publicly to the media is I'm pretty much moving on from my three guys. I don't trust any of them. There's a guy in free agency that we can go out and get who's been very productive in his three seasons as a starter. Uh, by all measurements, he, he is a, a franchise-type quarterback. Now, has he won a playoff game? No. You can say he's been on a lousy team. They did go to a playoff game, and they... Who'd they lose to? God, it just escapes me. No, it wasn't, it wasn't all that long ago, was it? No. Um, oh, it was the Packers. It was that, the Packers. That, that's right. That's oh, who it was. That team. Yeah, so they did lose to the Packers in, in, in his one playoff game. But, look, he's a he's a very talented quarterback. What, what I would worry about as a Viking fan is why does Jake Gruden not want him? He's a quarterback guru. Why, what has he seen from Cousins that, that makes him say, nope, not the guy? Because, remember, he was drafted the same class as RG3. RG3's Rookie of the Year. Looks like he's the guy. Remember when Cousins was drafted, it was like, what a tough break for him. You know, he one of the top, you know, whatever, five or six quarterbacks in the class, and he goes to a team that already took a quarterback in the draft. He's going like, to get buried behind RG3. Exactly. What, yeah. a, what a tough break. And obviously, we know what happened to RG3, and Cousins gets his chance and is, has delivered. I, you know, there's a few things that would bug me, and then maybe and Trent kind of poo-pooed them yesterday, but, you know, just where he kind of, uh, loud mouth, wisecracks as general manager on the field, kind of a how do you like me now after a strong game. I just wonder how well liked he is by his teammates and maybe a new place. You bring him in here where everybody's uh, you know holding hands and singing Kumbaya, they're so close that maybe they'll welcome him with open arms, and, and that's not an issue. But that would just, it's a slight, let's not call it a red flag, it's a pink flag for me, but I'm not sure what kind of a teammate he is. But clearly, there's one quarterback to be gotten, um, in this free agent market, it's Kirk Cousins, and it appears that the Vikes have the inside track. And then again, you just read through the tea leaves, the fact that they've basically blackballed the other three guys that were on the team this year, where do you go if you don't get Cousins, right? I mean, if, if he changes his mind or he decides, you know what, if the Jets are going to give me five years, $150 million with $100 million guaranteed, Look, that that division's wide open because Brady's forty-one at the end of the next season, and you know he can't go on forever unless he keeps drinking whatever juicy drinks that is like Ponce de Leon's Fountain of Youth. But yeah, I think he's coming here. I do. I do too. And How do you feel about it? Well, I'm I'm pro getting going after Cousins as a Vikings fan. I think that you're going to get a little bit of an upgrade there, and I think that Case Keenum last year. You look at the season he had, and you look at his body of work as a whole. And he, it was just kind of a magical season for Keenum. Like everything kind of seemed to come together after that Pittsburgh loss on the road when we didn't know if Sam Bradford was going to start or not mm-hmm. in week two. But once Keenum got his feet under him, it was all kind of a magical season, it seemed like. And, and, and it went all the way to the Minneapolis miracle, but then we got our butts kicked, obviously, in Philadelphia. And my, my, the Vikings fan in me asked myself, can Keenum reproduce the magic that he produced in 2017? Because... You just look at his overall body of work, and you don't see that player that you saw last season. And I don't know if he can reproduce that. And I'm guessing the Minnesota Vikings aren't all that confident that he can as well. 
when you look at Kirk Cousins' body of work, it's more consistent. He's got he's, he throws downfield. He takes he takes good he takes good risks. He turns it over a little bit more than Keenum did last year, but he throws the ball downfield. Uh, he creates a lot of yards, and he's got a much better crop of wide receivers to work with in Minnesota. He'll have Dalvin Cook in the backfield, assuming he'll get back from his ACL injury. It sounds like he's on in route to do that. But Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph, I don't think he's had a trio of wide receivers that have been as that productive uh, as those three have for the Minnesota Vikings that he had in, in Washington. So I think that combined with the talent, combined with the defense, combined with the running game here, the way our offensive line looked last year, I think you're going to get a much better production out of Case or out of Kirk Cousins than you would Case Keenum. Yeah, I mean, I can listen to those conversations. I get it. I would say in 2016, uh, the Redskins had Deshaun Jackson, Pierre Garçon, Jordan Reed. Uh, that's a pretty good trio right there. Um, and they moved down from Garçon and Jackson and didn't have much left in 2017. Um, so clearly, better weapons. Uh, if Cook's back, that certainly gives them a better running attack than the the Skins had. I guess to me the X factor is John DeFilippo, who as quarterback coach in Philly certainly got the most out of Carson Wentz coming right out of uh, NDSU, and then Nick Foles was ready to play and stepped right in and, and took him to the Super Bowl. And who's to say he couldn't take Case Keenum, look at what he does well, and and use his quarterback guru-ness to uh, – put another great season together for Keenum and, and develop an offense around what he thinks he does best. We don't know. Uh, he clearly knows Cousins well. He was in his division. Uh, he has to have a lot of in, input on this decision. You know, what you have to look at is, all right, it shouldn't affect things. If Cousins comes in, signs a three-year deal, this year's roster won't be impacted, but obviously next year's will. And you can't keep everybody that you need to sign. So you're going to have to make some tough choices next year, and maybe those choices aren't so tough after this season. Maybe Anthony Barr takes a step back, or Kendricks, or Diggs. One of those guys that's going to be a free agent after the season, you're not going to be able to sign all of them. You will have If you do have a $30 million quarterback, uh, the fan has learned you have to make some cuts elsewhere. So you have to be okay with maybe losing one or two of the core guys that right now are part of your defense, and that's the give and take. Is it worth having a quarterback you think is going to make the difference and then maybe lose a linebacker and a cornerback that, that you like? But you know you have to make exceptions and cuts and, all right, I'll take him, but I'll lose him. You're okay with that? The idea of maybe it costs you Barr or Kendricks or Diggs a year from now? Well, it's tough. I mean, it's a, it's a foreign thought for Minnesota Vikings fans because we haven't had to pay a franchise quarterback that amount of money since maybe Brett Favre was here for that rental two years that he was here. So... And, and, and in doing so, when we save that kind of money on franchise quarterbacks that the Vikings have over the years, they get this this core team. So we, we're used to kind of using the you know the team aspect of things rather than relying on one player at quarterback. But this just in, in my opinion, the quarterback's the most important position in football. So if you can shore that up and get a reliable player who's going to go out and win you football games, I think that that's okay. You could take away a player or two, even if it is an Anthony Barr on defense, where you're going to struggle a little bit more defensively, and your core might not be as strong as it once was. But if you've got that quarterback that can win you football games and move the football down the field, I'm all for it. Yeah, and I'm anxious to hear the phone calls. we got full phone lines. We'll get to them coming out of our break here. But my guess is, ultimately, the idea that finally this organization could have a quarterback that they know is going to be here for at least three years, that's considered, all right, maybe not a top 10, maybe right borderline top 10, top 12. 
I heard Bump and, and uh, Johnny Athletic going through quarterbacks you'd rather have than Cousins, which I thought was great. And I agreed. He fell into that 12 or 13 range. But when you've got a defense like the Purple and the team built around him, that's probably good enough to stay right there at the top of the NFC. So my guess is it's been so long since Vikings fans have had stability, a franchise-type quarterback, that let's just go. Let's just do it. Let the uh, players we lose be damned. Uh, that's what's going to take to uh, to be serious contenders uh, year in, year out. So we'll get to all your calls. Matt, Patrick, Pete, Rob, Brandon. Right after this break, we'll get Purple Reaction to tweets this morning. The Jets believe the Vikes have the inside track, and it's hard to... Uh, to doubt that based on the tea leaves. Much more purple quarterback talk right after these on The Fan. This is Sunday Sermons on The Fan, presented by Metropolitan Ford in Eden Prairie or MetropolitanFord.com. With you at 938 at Sunday Sermons on the Fan. Dave Sinekin in for Dan Barrero, Ryan Donaldson in. Well, you're usually, are you kind of the, the Sunday Sermons guy now? Yeah, I'm the guy. Because JG does the cake show. Correct. So I'll hang out with Guardsy too. What's uh, what's following us today for the cake show today? I think we're just going into Fox Sports. All right, very good. The boys have the day off. They'll be back on the air live from Maui tomorrow, 3 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Maui Time. Um, so I'm uh, excited to be here today, and of course, right, it's a, a morning where, I'm not going to call it news-breaking for the Purple, but lots of rumors all over the internet this morning that the Vikings and Kirk Cousins will consummate a marriage when free agency officially begins March 14th. You can talk, again, officially between parties on Monday the 12th, and as of Wednesday, you can sign players. It's reported that Kirk Cousins... Wants three years, thirty million a year guaranteed. Three years, ninety million guaranteed, and um, it, it sounds like the Jets, who would offer them the Statue of Liberty, uh, pick any three Trump buildings in New York, they're yours. Um, but that it sounds like Cousins Camp is more excited about the opportunity to join the NFC um, almost champion Minnesota Vikings, the contending Minnesota Vikings, as opposed to the Jets, which are an absolute mess. And need a whole lot of work. That doesn't uh, seem real surprising. Um, so it sounds like that the very good chance that your purple will add Kirk Cousins to the mix and uh, have your quarterback in stone for at least three seasons. And uh, I'm anxious to hear Rubes what uh, what you think about that. Well, uh, we'll take him in the order we got him. I love that one. One of my all time favorite radio cliches. Uh, let's head to Minneapolis. Pete, you're on the program. What's uh, what you got? Yeah, um, I think. Uh... I don't think Case should get the franchise tag because I think, uh, you know, he had a good year, but is he is he really, you know, the next Aaron Rodgers? I don't think so. And uh, well, tag just ties I, him up for one year, though, so it's not like you have to propose and and put a long term deal together. It's just one year. You don't like that? Yeah, huh? yeah, that's true. You got a point. Um, 
some of his decision making, you know, could be questioned. But you know, he did have a great year, and you know, I mean, you're you're giving him credit for the Minneapolis miracle, but that was <laughs> just you know, you could call it the New Orleans uh, choke. If you you know, I mean, yeah. the only reason that that take took place is because that that defensive back missed the tackle. Right. You know, otherwise that doesn't happen. But uh, you know, any way they decided to go, I, I really trust Rick Spielman. Uh, you know, even if they wanted to go with Teddy, because they're I can think of three quarterbacks that won the Super Bowl, who weren't great. Trent Dilfer with uh, Baltimore in the early 2000s, Brad Johnson with Tampa Bay, and uh, Peyton, you know, everybody said, what, Peyton? But he was, on, you know, it was his last year. He wasn't the Peyton of old. He was, you know, just average. They kind of they all had despite, great defense. Yeah, they won despite Peyton Manning more than because of him. Yeah. And uh, I can't help but talk a little bit about the Big Ten tournament. Got them both yesterday. I like Purdue today. What do you like? Yeah, I'm leaning Michigan, and you were you and I were both on both teams yesterday, and and you've been on fire. Actually, I've been on fire too. Um, it's it's a tough call. I just I can't go against Michigan. They won it last year. Beeline just seems to uh, pull all the right levers uh, in March, and I I'm really impressed with what they did in the second half against Michigan State. But yeah, that, that should be yeah. a really really good game, and I think both those teams uh, could do some damage and play deep into the second weekend. Oh, I, I I truly believe that too. Um, the only reason I like Purdue is they've got actually, you know, they didn't. It's only their third day in a row. Michigan's fourth, although Michigan did it last year. I just think they just got a little bit more with the inside game and the great outside game. You know, they can they can hit the threes. They can go inside to Haas. I mean, they got it all. So. They do. They're very well and balanced. Michigan, Michigan's team. a great team. You know, it could go either way, as you said. Thanks, Pete. Appreciate the call. Purdue struggled a bit. I mean, Rutgers again. Hats off to Rutgers. Trent refused to give them any credit yesterday. They take out the Gophers. They fall behind my Hoosiers, twenty-four to eight, and go on a tear to take the lead at halftime and, and take out Indiana. And then the Purdue game—that was a three-point game with forty seconds left. I mean, they were right there against Purdue. So Purdue struggled against a, a hot Rutgers team, and they—I'd they, say they handled Penn State pretty handily. The, the final score was an eight-point uh, margin, but it felt it was bigger. It was sixteen in the final few minutes, and Penn State closed quickly. They really did a great defensive job. On Tony Carr, who's a terrific offensive player for Penn State, I just I don't think Purdue's playing at the level Michigan is right now. What they did in the second half against Michigan State, uh, suddenly Wagner woke up, and uh, that Michigan team's fun to watch. I, I think they're going to take Purdue out. He mentioned Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Adam Schefter tweeted just uh, I don't know 15 minutes ago that uh, Teddy is in Indy and was this past week talking to kids about playing football. And according to Schefter, a handful of teams expressed interest in Teddy as a potential starting quarterback. So it appears there will be a market for Teddy Bridgewater. He has said himself he expects to sign no more than a one- to two-year deal. I don't know that any team would give him more than that until you know that physically he's back. But I would have to think, and I saw Tennessee tweet it, and he must speak for a lot of Viking fans, okay, you get Kirk Cousins, it takes away the pain of of moving on from Teddy, but man, how things can change. Teddy was such a, a beloved quarterback by so many, even though he hadn't done much yet, but just the potential and seems so well liked by his teammates. And, you know, who knows, you know, where his career could have gone before the injury, where it might go now. The Bikes are at a place in the NFC where they have to trust their quarterback. They can't go all in on Teddy as a starting quarterback. That's like, you know, playing roulette picking one number and saying, this is my number, let's go. Um, so Teddy will be somewhere else. And I have to think it's a little bittersweet. And, uh, Ryan, you tell me what you how you feel about it. 
again, if Kirk Cousins is your starting quarterback, hey, Teddy, we're going to cheer for you wherever you are. Best of luck. It's too bad what happened. But, you know, this team right now is ready to win and just don't know. Um, I have to think a lot of fans, though, small part of them will just love to see maybe what Teddy could have done here. No question about it. I mean, and I go back to the the game, I think it was against Cincinnati at U.S. Bank Stadium when, when Teddy Bridgewater came into the game late into the fourth quarter when the Vikings had a comfortable lead and and you heard the Teddy chants again. And, and, and I got chills. I was at the game. Teddy's running back onto the field and... I think everybody remembers his first snap was unfortunately a tipped pass, intercepted, and the and then he gave up a couple of handoffs after that and kind of just called it a ball game and never got back onto the field. And and if you remember the weeks leading up to that, when Teddy got into the fourth quarter there, Mike Zimmer was talking about Teddy Bridgewater is, is looking unbelievable in practice. Players were saying the same thing, and they were saying that Teddy Bridgewater is going to play at some point this season. And and a lot of people thought that that was very serious that he was going to be a starter at some point again, and, and I think a lot of Vikings fans took that and and thought, what the heck's going on here? Because Case is playing so brilliantly, but like you said earlier in the in the uh, in this show, Mike Zimmer wasn't giving Case all of that much confidence at the podium on, on, during his press conferences. He kind of take a cheap shot at him every now and then, and then he'd talk about he'd praise Teddy Bridgewater, and so I I think that Teddy had a lot to give, and he still probably does. And I think that's the part that 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 kind of hurts because we wanted to see that again because we saw bits and pieces of it in his first couple of seasons uh, as a starter for the Vikings, uh, and we are hoping to maybe get that taste again. But and as a franchise, I totally understand that you can't come back with Teddy Bridgewater as your starter like in the in this season. It just would have been cool as a fan, maybe interesting as a fan to see him last season get into a couple more ball games other than those couple of snaps against Cincinnati and see what he's still got left in the tank. I just I'd love to know which are these handful of teams that would like to bring in Teddy as their starter. There can't be that many. They would have to be teams that aren't necessarily considered playoff contenders, right? So, you know, Buffalo, do they feel like Teddy is a big step up from Tyrod Taylor, who they're ready to move on from? I actually thought Tyrod Taylor might be a good fit here and not have to break the bank. I, I just don't know that this team needs a thirty million dollar quarterback to win a Super Bowl. And you know, there are reports that maybe they'll trade for Nick Foles, uh, which I find preposterous. Uh, yeah, I, I get the connected dots, Filippo Foles, I get it. But how does Philly trade Nick Foles when Carson Wentz tore his ACL in December? Was it November? To early December, I think. It was like week 14 or yeah, 15. no guarantee Wentz is ready. You have to have Foles on your roster unless, unless the team says, we'll give you a two this year, a one next year. I mean, just some uh, ludicrous amount of um, picks for Foles. He's not going anywhere. Uh, so where does Teddy find a home as a starter? Uh, Arizona, who doesn't have a lot of cap room. Do they roll the dice? thought it was interesting. Uh, Cousins did send out a tweet. He found uh, Fitz at the airport. Did you see that? I did. Uh, it was on picture, Instagram, yeah. yeah. Selfie with Fitz and said um, he's a great recruiter, uh, which I'm sure he is. But Arizona, I don't think quite ready to win. Well, you know, you don't know. In that division, San Fran looks like the, the high flyer. Seattle's in kind of a state of flux. Maybe Arizona's not that far away, but I'm, I don't know that there are a lot of teams that would um, trust Teddy. That'll be really inter- interesting to see where he lands. I would have thought he would have ended up somewhere like the Chargers or the Giants, you know, backing up a mid-30s type quarterback for a year or two and then being handed the reins and the Shermer thing, if he loves Teddy, you know, maybe he says, let's bring him up to back up Eli and we'll go ahead and take, like, Saquon Barkley with the second pick and not take a quarterback and let Teddy be the heir apparent. Um, but as, according to Schefter, 
handful of teams have expressed interest in Teddy as their starter in 2018, and I'm sure I speak for everybody listening. I'd uh, love to see Teddy get a chance to start somewhere and resurrect his career. Uh, back to Minneapolis we go. Patrick, appreciate you holding. What do you got this morning? Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Yeah, I, uh, I'd love to see Kirk here. You know, Vikings fans, we really haven't had that franchise guy. You guys have brought out uh, multiple times. However, Zim made a, a really good point earlier this week when he was on the PA. You know, in the last four years, this team has won 40 games. And that's with a good defense, a solid nucleus of young players. The difference being, you're not really in contention for that Super Bowl every year unless you have that franchise guy. I'd be okay with Kirk here. I'd also be okay if they brought Case back at 14, 15, 16 million a year. And I wouldn't be surprised if Sam Bradford was the backup here next year. Thanks, Patrick. Continue your career as Charlie Brown's teacher, and best of luck with that. Uh, yeah. I found it. I, I hope I didn't get much of that. <laughs> it was uh, tough to understand. I, I think he's uh, he's on board with the Cousins signing, which um, and Sam is a backup. I, I don't know what you do with Sam Bradford. I, I don't know if he can play anymore. I don't know how any team could sign Sam Bradford. We know he's got the talent, but, I mean, if he's your backup and you're not paying him, he's made, I mean, it's it's ridiculous how much money Sam Bradford has made. And, you know, you can't, you know, a guy, guy gets hurt, a guy gets hurt. But he was the last draft class where you got the mega, huge rookie contracts, and he signed another one. And um, he's just, I think, one of those guys that's just going to be uh, taken down by injuries. And I just don't know how you, if he's your backup, okay. I mean, certainly I would take him as the Packers' backup over Brett Hundley. I certainly hope Green Bay uh does something different there and finds a guy that that uh, that can play should uh, Rodgers get cheap shot. I mean, get hurt again. Um, but yeah, I don't know that I'd count on Bradford. I always love that. Thank one. you. If I was a Vikings fan, let's grab one more uh, quickly before we pause. Matt, Brooklyn Park, how we doing? Morning, guys. Um, Dave, I wanted to mention. I know you guys haven't started talking about movies yet, but I wanted to mention a couple of things. But first, I want to thank you for a couple of things. First, for bringing up that Shaq Griffin thing this morning. I am going to root for that kid. Did you hear the interview at all or no? No, I did not. It's fabulous. Dave, you just you fall in love with the kid. Yeah. I hope he gets on a roster. I'm going to pray for him. And for Mo Hurst, obviously I'm a Michigan fan. He was He's really good, Dave. He's first-round talent, oh, and yeah. I really hope that this doesn't – he was all over the field for Harbaugh. He's that good, and you hate to hear that. But thanks for bringing that up. I'm going to root for both of them. But – even more important is the great vibe that you and that other caller have been giving me for the Michigan for the Wolverine basketball. I, I wasn't as as um, optimistic yesterday against Sparty. We beat them earlier in the year. It's the only time we played, and we beat them in East Lansing. But Dave, they are playing really well. Do you, do you think they can do something in the tournament? Yeah, I think so. I really do. I mean, they they've got veteran players that have been through this before. I I think Beeline is one of the most underrated coaches. I, I do too. I just think he is terrific and. Yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll all come down to where they're bracketed. Exactly. I just saw the, the CBS guy, is his name Jerry Palm, uh, this yeah. morning. He redid his brackets, and he's got Purdue and Michigan State as twos, and Michigan a five. And yeah. that seems yeah. a bit low, and again, I'm following that closely, but I feel at least they're a top 16 team and should be a four seed. Again, if you're a four or five, it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think they're a team that comes Sweet 16 weekend, uh, will likely have to play that number one team in their region, uh, that that Sweet 16 round, and that's going to be a tough game for. There's not a dominant one seed 
Right now, I think the ones are Virginia, Villanova, Xavier, and Kansas. Yeah. And yeah. I, I give Michigan a chance against any of those teams in the Sweet 16 round, for sure. Well, I would love it. Thanks for that. Yeah, now today, you know, Purdue, we lost both games to Purdue this year by one at home and by four on the road. And that Isaac Hotz, he's just huge. He looks like Ivan Drago, for God's sake. He's so big. He looks like we'll the Boilermaker how- mascot. You know, that, that big guy yeah. with... I think I think he could be the mascot. I really do. Exactly. Anyway, listen, just two quick movies. Um, Dave, you mentioned yesterday that you, I believe, have not seen um, Get Out, and it's really good, so I hope you do see it. And Daniel Kaluuya, or whatever his name is, the, the lead actor in it, he was really good. I think you'll enjoy it. And if it, if it weren't for um, uh, Gary Oldman, I think Gary Oldman is going to win. In fact, Dave, I actually watched... Uh, darkest hour yesterday. Remember when you were on a couple weeks ago and you said you fell asleep? Yes, I did. And I could. He sounded like the last caller. I couldn't understand him. (laughs) He, um, it was. You're exactly right. That's how, Dave. I rented it last night, thinking, okay, if it's a dud, it's okay because I knew I was going to watch North Carolina Duke anyway. Dave, I hope you don't prohibit me from calling. I liked it. Okay, really, and it's because of him, Dave. He was fantastic. And if he doesn't win Best Actor tonight, then there's a problem. You know, he was that good. But, yeah, I, um, I think he's the prohibitive favorite for sure. Definitely. And then the last one, and I'll just hang up and listen, is um, Three Billboards. I believe you said you have seen that one. I haven't. Um, Frances McDormand, she's going to win. She's won it all. She's great. But there's another guy, Sam Rockwell. I don't know if you know like him. Yeah. I love Sam Rockwell, and I heard that he was so good in it, and I believe he her Best Supporting Actor. So... You saw it. What do you think of Sam Rockwell, and do you think he'll win tonight? And thanks a lot for the time, you guys. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Always good to chat with you. Um, I love that movie. It, it was my favorite movie that I saw this past year, and uh, we got to break. We're woefully late. Abbott, I can hear Abbott just, like, tapping his fingers on his desk at home right now going, um, hello. So we'll break. We'll come back, and uh, we'll talk a little Oscar talk. I'm a movie buff. Donaldson's a movie buff. Uh, Oscar night's always big uh, for me. I enjoy it. So we'll chat about that when we come back. I'm a fan. This is Sunday Sermons on the Fan, Sinekin for Barrero. That's our favorite funky sax man, Danny Cues from St. Paul, that we play in the zone every Saturday with Double T, 8 to 10. Danny texted me during the break to weigh in. He's uh, he's for tagging Case and uh, saving that money that you'd have to commit to Cousins. It's, it's polarizing. <clears throat> I've got e- uh, emails coming into the Bradshaw and Brian inbox. With as many that are saying I'm crazy, you're just scared that we're going to get cousins to give me give me case for a year. Let me add a couple pieces on the offensive line. Maybe get the honey badger who's likely to be on the market. Let's spend our money elsewhere. You don't need a 
an A-Rodge type quarterback anymore to win a Super Bowl. It's polarizing. That's what makes it really a lot of fun. We'll get back to the quarterback talk in just a minute. I uh, want to spend a few minutes on Oscar night. I know many of you are bored with it. Uh, we won't make it long and painful, but I'm I'm into it. Uh, I'll miss it tonight. I'm um, on a plane, so I won't see the broadcast, but I've seen most of the Oscar-nominated movies. It's a very competitive uh, pool that my family plays every year with the coveted Oscar trophy, and so uh, my wife and I always try to catch as many as we can. Now that our kids are a bit older, it's gotten a lot easier. We went and saw The Post last night, which you know, I enjoyed. It was It's a great story, and it's very relevant with today's uh, political scene, with, with freedom of the press and, and how it was uh, tried to be suppressed in the early 70s by Richard Nixon. And you got Hanks and Street, but um, to me, there were several other movies that were much more powerful this year. And, and Matt from Brooklyn Park, who called last uh, segment, just saw three billboards. Ryan Donaldson, you just saw three billboards as well. I saw I did. it a few weeks ago. Uh, it was my favorite movie of the of these uh, Oscar movies, and I haven't seen all. I, as Matt said, I have Get Out on my DVR, and I just haven't had a chance to watch it. And I know it's the sleeper. I, I think a lot of people think Get Out might just shock the world, and um, it would be terrific for an African American director, um, Jordan Peele, I believe, who uh, crafted this kind of comic horror type movie have you seen get out as well i have it's been a while i saw it like six months ago but i do remember enjoying it did you yeah did you think it was oscar quality like one of the better movies you've seen it's different i mean it's definitely a different feel than your average oscar movie because it does have the comedic satire to it but um yeah i mean i i thought it was very unique very original um i thought that it delivered the message that it was trying to convey very well and effectively well acted, so I, I could see it. I could see it being a sleeper for sure. Yeah, that that one's gaining a lot of steam. My money though is on Three Billboards, which has all the feel of a Coen Brothers movie. Great dialogue, amazing characters. Uh, Frances McDormand as the lead actress will likely win an Oscar for her performance as a uh, a mother who's lost her daughter and the lengths she goes to try to get justice. And not just her performance, uh, the two guys up for a supporting actor, Sam Rockwell, Woody Harrelson were, I thought, I mean, I've never seen Woody Harrelson that good. He's He's been in a lot of really bad movies, and, and, and good ones as well. It took him a while to get past Cheers, you know, to take him. I think <laughs> right. Natural Born Killers finally got him away from Woody. But as the kind of tragic uh, sheriff uh, who's dealing with a really bad illness, he was, I thought, great. But Sam Rockwell was... You don't even recognize him, right? No, right? I mean, he, he was the heart and soul. I mean, it's Francis McDormand's movie, but he is such a loathsome character uh, to begin with, and right. you see his evolution into what he becomes. And he is he is brilliant. It, it's such a it's a. I was telling Trent yesterday. It's dark. It's violent. It's funny, and he couldn't quite put all those three together in a movie. But it is kind of Cone Brothers like, and and I loved it. I I, I hope it wins. I, I you know last year. Um, when Moonlight won, I was a little taken aback because I really didn't care for that. There were several others I thought were uh, much, I enjoyed much more. Um, but this one for me, I walked out of that theater going, wow, that was that was great. Just great acting and just a, just a simple story, but just done so well. So my, my money is on three billboards. You know, if Get Out wins, terrific. I'm, I'm anxious to see it. Um, did you see Shape of Water? No, I haven't. Heard a lot about it, but I have not seen that yet. Yeah, that that one goes into the the funkiest, just out there movie. I think the director, Guillermo del Toro, is favored to win Best Director because it is out there, the way it's directed, the music, the score. The actress who's up for Best Actress and 
likely will not win, you could make a case for her. She's a mute, um, and the way she her her um, body language and her emotions are are played out is is remarkable. It's a really funky story about a, a, a secret lab that found this creature that they're studying, and of course they want to do away with it, and she wants to save it. So it's sort of that that monster Beauty and the Beast type of storyline, and it's just very interesting the way it's directed. So that one, if you like movies that are a bit out there, I'd recommend it. Um, and I I think it'll get some love for Best Picture, but um, but ultimately I, I'm going with, with three billboards for sure. Um, you know, outside of that, there to me, nothing else that I saw, and I, again, I saw most of them, nothing else jumped out. Are there any other movies out there that's, that are nominated that re, you really enjoyed that are worth a mention uh, uh, for for rooms that haven't maybe un- seen it. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to see most of these movies. Um, three billboards for me is the leader in the clubhouse. I'm not breaking any news there, but I absolutely was captivated from start to finish from that movie, and could not agree with you more, Davy, that Frances McDormand should be the favorite going in for best actress. She was unbelievable, the ultimate badass uh, for yes. any female lead I think I've ever seen. Like. I was just, I was afraid of her during the movie. I was intimidated by her. I, I put myself in the cop's shoes. I couldn't even imagine what that would be like. So I, I look forward to seeing what happens tonight. I wish I had time to see more of these movies that are up for Best Picture. But Three Billboards, I couldn't imagine a better one this, this year. There's one scene that stuck with me where there's a reporter doing a stand-up from the billboard area where she had bought these billboards to criticize the cops. And the reporter's doing the stand-up, and she drives by right. and gives her in about 25 seconds <laughs> one of the greatest bits of dialogue by an actress I've ever... It, it, I mean, the whole theater basically applauded. Yes. It was just so well-written. She handled it so perfectly. And you just want to go, sing it, sister. Yes. I mean, that was just... Go, girl. Perfect. Yeah. I, I, um, If you like, you know, kind of dark, you know, off-kilter movies... Uh, go see three billboards. It's it's uh, really really well done, and I'm really hopeful that uh, it takes home the hardware. I, frankly, I just hope that whoever reads it gets it right this year because yeah. that was <laughs> I forgot about that. That was about as uncomfortable. Oh yeah, uh, that made for quite the moment. It's just it's I, I don't know what they've put in place to make sure that doesn't happen. I'm sure they've done something. Just don't have Warren Beatty be in control of the card. Clearly, yes. That uh, would be uh, rule number one. <laughs> and kudos to the um, the producer of, of La La Land, who... We lost, by the way. Who lost. <laughs> but but took the time to look at it and say, well, wait a minute. This, yeah. this says Moonlight and... It says that, Emma Stone, best actress. What is this? <laughs> yeah. it's uh, That was one of those moments that will uh, go down in infamy for sure. So... Oscar night tonight, uh, for those that care, uh, it, it's fun, and um, we'll see who, who brings home the hardware, uh, but uh, a lot of uh, interesting competitions uh, tonight that I think are, uh, I think you're in for some surprises. There's a couple, like, preordained, we talked about Gary Oldman as Winston Churchill, the makeup, the character, uh, I couldn't understand a word he was saying, so it, it threw me off, but uh, he is likely to win, and he was, he's so versatile, I was on a plane um, Friday looking at movies to watch, and I watched um, The Hitman's Bodyguard with, um, whatchamacallit, Samuel L. Jackson, Ryan Reynolds, and Gary Oldman's the bad guy. And I had just seen him as Winston Churchill, and now you see him as this Russian bad guy. And it's it's a funny action movie. I enjoyed it. You know, it's it's like a you know one of those 48 hours, you know, two mismatched guys against the world. But it struck me that 
Gary Oldman's a really good actor. Yeah, he's very talented. He plays such different roles, and he's technically, I'd say, characterize him as a bad guy more than anything. He doesn't get the leading man roles. He's the... He's the bad guy. He's a really good bad guy. They, he did a nice job in that movie. But as Winston Churchill, he just becomes uh, the Prime Minister of, uh, of England and uh, likely to win that one. So that's your Oscar talk for tonight. Uh, for today, uh, that uh, broadcast is tonight. And um, enjoy that. I'll, I will miss it. We are spending most of our program today talking about quarterbacks because it's kind of um, bubbling up this morning that um, the Jets believe as much as they want to go all in on Kirk Cousins, that uh, he is headed to the Vikings. That um, you know there are always some preliminary talks between camps. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Even though you can't do it till March twelfth, and they believe Cousins is much more inclined uh, to take a, a three-year offer from the Vikes. Uh, he wants thirty million a year. Whether he gets to that number remains to be seen. Uh, it'll be somewhere in that twenty-seven to thirty, uh, likely for three years. Somebody tweeted me. At TC Head Cheese, you know, Davey, what's the big difference if you sign uh, Case to the tag for $23 million or you sign Cousins for three years at $27, $28 a year? How does that hurt your cap that much more? Well, I'll just do the instant math. Case would be a one-year deal, whereas Cousins would be a three-year deal. It may not hurt your cap as much this year, but it will hurt you next year because you can't sign everybody. It's just simple math. And so, yes, you will lose a player or two that you may not want to lose, but that's football. I mean, that's that's the way it goes. If you want to pay your quarterback twenty-eight to thirty million, you can't keep all of your defensive players. You just cannot. Uh, Spielman's done a great job building this roster. Uh, there's no doubting that. I think there still needs to be work done on the offensive line. That's not anything new. Um, might need a little work up front on the defensive side. Could certainly use another cornerback and. Um, and maybe a little depth at safety. But obviously the, the defense is, is as good as any uh, in the NFC for sure. I might give Jacksonville a slight overall nod over the purple. But um, the Vikes are right there when it comes to defense. And frankly, they had quarterback play last year that was good enough to, to get where they wanted to go. But they clearly didn't believe that Case Keenum was a guy that could replicate what he did given his opportunity in 2017. They believe, I think, and it all seems to point to the fact that they believe that Cousins could put them over the top, and uh, they appear to be poised to take a shot at bringing him aboard, and Vikings fans will finally have some stability at the quarterback position. Let's head to the, uh, I was want to say the zone lines, because that's what I call them on Saturday morning, but they uh, are certainly not the zone lines during Sunday sermon. so we'll head to the fan line and head to St. Louis Park. Mark, welcome to the program. What's on your mind? I uh, got a couple things. Uh, one quarterback related, one Wolves related, and uh, another one just general movie related. So okay. I'll, I'll breeze through them quickly here for you. Um, for the Timberwolves, I don't know if you've mentioned anything about them so far yet on the program. I haven't been able to listen the entire way through, but one, one bug I'll put in your ear. Let's say the worst should happen and the Wolves do somehow miss the playoffs because of the Butler injury or, or anything else. Take a look at the draft picks that they have right now. As it stands, if the Wolves do miss out on the playoffs, they would keep their first-round pick. And at the moment, if, the, uh, if Oklahoma City does also make the playoffs, then the Wolves would have two first-round picks to work with here coming up this summer. So I'm not saying that's a preferred option. It's clearly not, but... It's, it's better than potentially the worst-case scenario, which would be injuries, no playoffs, and, and no hope for being able to sign potentially good young talent to an affordable contract, which, given their salary cap situation, is pretty desirable. 
from a quarterback standpoint, I say go all in on Cousins. Um, if the worst again should happen and you do need to, you know, uh, sign another linebacker or draft another linebacker, you do have two drafts and two free agency periods between you know, now and then. So if if that's the biggest fear that the team has, they've got time to help insulate themselves too, to the point that you know if say a bar or a Kendricks winds up testing the free agency waters or isn't willing to take you know that that home hometown haircut and, and take a little bit lower salary for the good of the team, there are some better options or some at least ways forward that they can try and mitigate that damage. And from an Oscar standpoint, the only one of the ones that I did see this year was Get Out, and I think that it's a fantastic movie for what it is. I think that. It's one that, if it were me, I would give it an Oscar because of how different and how enjoyably different it was. But I just don't think that the Oscar you know, voting committee is really looking at movies that, that fit into the area, that, that kind of comedy category and that horror category that, that Get Out did. So thanks for giving me a little bit of airtime, and I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, anytime, Mark. Good call. Appreciate uh, going all over the place with that. I'll come back after the break to talk a little while on Wolves and, and react to what you said there. Um, I will say one thing about the Academy – I don't know much about it, but what I've read is it's a far different voting academy than it used to be. Much younger, much more diverse, and I think you know you saw that with Moonlight last year, which was um, an African American dominant theme and and uh, actors. That's not something they've gotten a lot of credit for in past years, and um, I think it's a it's a much better chance in this day and age for a movie like Get Out to rise above when there's not a clear cut overwhelming favorite, and there isn't one this year. Um, on the Timberwolves and where they sit, by doing nothing last night, they went from 6th to 4th in the West. That's how muddled and crazy it is. But obviously everything is different without Jimmy Butler on the court. We'll, uh, we'll dive into a little Wolves talk and continue the quarterback conversation when we return. Sunday Sermons on The Fan. You're listening to The Fan. It's going to be madness at Mystic. Head down to Mystic Lake Casino for a 9 to noon broadcast and draw party on Thursday, March 15th. Presented by Coors Light, you can register for your chance to be one of the lucky rubes. We'll get to open an envelope with one of the 64 teams in the College Hoops field, and you can win a 55-inch TV plus other great prizes from Coors Light, including free beer for you and three friends. With you at ten twenty. You're a defensive lineman. Your name is Josh Sweat. That's a pretty good name for a D lineman, don't you think? I like it. Florida State just ran at four point five seven. Yikes! That seems pretty fast for a D lineman. That's like wide receiver time. Antonio Brown ran a four five six. Wow. Josh Sweat. Look out for Josh Sweat. Combine on our screen here at the, uh, what's our studio called these days? I should know this. The Bryant Heating and Cooling Studios. Thank you. The Bryant Heating and Cooling Studios TV on to the, uh, showing the NFL Combine, NFL Network, uh, must-see TV for um, those of you obsessed with the National Football League. A couple of tweets I got at TC Head Cheese during the break uh, asked if we had talked about Lady Bird, talking about Oscar movies. Uh, I did not see Lady Bird. My wife went and saw it without me with some girlfriends. Uh, so I was sort of left out in the cold, but I have heard great things about that one as well. And um, from everyone I talk to, it's it's one of the top five movies folks saw this past year. I don't know if it'll get the love tonight, but it's a, a good contender. Uh, Jamie tweeted me the three billboards, the best movie he's seen in 10 years. 
Um, he also thought the two performances in I, Tanya, Margot Robbie and Allison Janney, were amazing. <clears throat> Allison Janney's the favorite to win supporting actress as Tanya Harding's mom. Didn't see that one either. So I guess I didn't see as many of these contenders as I thought I did. Uh, Get Out, Lady Bird, and uh, I, Tanya are three that I guess I've missed. I need them to be on, like, uh, on demand at this point. We need to... Because a lot of these are, like Lady Bird right now on DirecTV is on demand, but you can't rent it. You have to buy it. Oof. That's that's expensive. <laughs> it's not happening. I'm no. not going to rent a mo- or watch a movie for 20 bucks and say, you know, my wife will say, well, if we went and saw it, it would cost us 20 bucks to see it. You know, but yeah, but that's different. You're getting a different experience. I, I don't need that sitting on my on-demand uh, menu now for the next five years after watching it once. I don't think it's one of those that stands up to repeat viewing. A movie like Thor... Ragnarok, I'd watch that a couple times. I thought that was great. Highly entertaining. If that was sitting there on my DVR, I'd probably watch it again. Maybe even again. Um, but thanks for keeping those tweets coming in on, on what you guys prefer tonight. Give some of the folks out there ideas of what movies to watch if they've missed them. The dominant story for us this morning on Sunday Sermons, uh, the potential union between Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, pro football talk, picking up a story on SNY out of New York that the Jets are very worried that they have to move on from Plan A, which is Kirk Cousins, and to uh, onto Plan B, C, or D. They believe that Kirk Cousins is mighty interested in joining the Minnesota Vikings on a three-year deal, and by all intents and purposes, the feeling must be mutual because Mike Zimmer has basically kicked to the curb the three quarterbacks that were on this roster and has spoken pretty plainly and clearly that they all have warts in his mind and are not necessarily the number one option for this team as it looks to take it to the next step next uh, season. I'm getting a lot of emails. Uh, Of course, folks believe I wear green and gold glasses. And look, you see my readers here? Do you see any green or gold on these? I don't see any of them. Yes, the Packers are my favorite team. And um, that's not breaking any news. Um, But, you know, I welcome Cousins coming here. Look, if that's what it takes, you guys believe that's the difference, then let's Let's see if that is the difference. I don't think it's a huge upgrade from Case Keenum. I could be wrong. It was 11 games, and Keenum's offensive coordinator left for New York, and there's no guarantee that Keenum and DiFilippo would uh, would work well together. There's no guarantee that DiFilippo and Cousins will work well together. We don't know. We assume it'll work out just fine. It's not something I'd be concerned about, but we don't know. Uh, emailer Judge Chicago, who uh, it's a long email, um, about how there's no teams that are going to pounce on Case Keenum in free agency, which I said I do believe. I think Keenum will have a job before the first weekend of free agency. I do. I just think there's too many quarterback-needy teams that see the market and say, all right, if if we've got to pay him Blake Bortles-type money and commit three years to him, we've seen enough by what he did. The QBR, all the analytics show that he was terrific. And we're so starved that we'll we'll take that shot. There's nobody else really out there beyond Cousins that is any more proven or gives you any more confidence on the free agent market this year, unless you're going to pry Drew Brees from New Orleans, which is not going to happen. So I do believe that Keenan will have a job before ne- that first weekend. I do. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. But, again, you talk about the Arizonas, the Buffaloes, the Jets, the Browns. These are teams desperate for for help. It only takes one of them to fall in love and say, all right, you know, three years, 60, let's do it. Judge Chicago says, I ask you as a Packer fan, if Rogers simply retired right now, you know, just walk into the moonlight with Danica, 
hand-in-hand, and call it a career, and the Packers are without a clear starter, how would you feel about giving Keenum $18 million a year for a few years? Would you like the long-term prospects, or would you just see him as a caregiver until they find the guy who might actually be the future? I think you know that Keenum is not the guy who would ever get you all the way, but I could be wrong. Why is Keenum not the guy who could get you all the way? He just took you to the NFC Championship game. Are you going to blame him for the loss in Philly? Philly was a better team all season. You played at Philly. Granted, it wasn't against Carson Wentz, but Nick Foles, who was probably thought of the same way Vikings fans think about Keenum. You know, he's a good backup, good caretaker, good guy. He just was Super Bowl MVP. And who's to say Keenum couldn't have done that? I, I just... Man, I think this team has, has been built really well here in Minnesota. There's a lot of parts here, and I I think they had a quarterback here that's good enough to take them where they need to go. If that game's at Minnesota, you know, who knows what happens. Philly was clearly the better team on that day, but I think, you know, you had issues on the offensive line. I thought some of the substitutions the Vikes made, moving guys around where you, you have an injury and suddenly you move a guy and now you're weaker at two positions, I think some of those decisions might have been questionable. You didn't have your running back. Uh, Granted, the Eagles were missing some key players, too. I just, um, I don't know. I I understand the idea of Cousins is exciting because he's the guy. And uh, all the measurables and the three years of stats show that he's a very good quarterback. But again, we talked about it earlier, he is about the 12th to 15th best quarterback. And if you want to challenge me on that, you know, I heard Bump go through it earlier in the week. There are easily 12 or 13 quarterbacks I'd rather have if I were a Vikings fan. And it does include some of the older guys. I'd rather have Rivers, certainly rather have Breeze, because for the next couple years, I certainly believe those guys are still going to be at the top of their game, and the Vikes are poised to win right now. So those are the guys that, you know, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, um, certainly I think Cousins, if he comes here, will be the third best quarterback in the division. I'd rather have Rodgers and Stafford. Would you rather have Stafford? Well, you're on the phone right now. Some Viking fans might push back on Stafford. You put Stafford on this team, come on. I'd rather have Matthew Stafford. So Cousins comes here, he's the third best quarterback in the North. Right now, Case Keenum's the third best quarterback in the North. I just don't know that you're improving that much going from Keenum to Cousins, and you're going to commit upwards of $90 million or plus for three years. It's it's a gamble. I guess that's what the NFL is. Um, I'm guessing it's 50-50 among Vikings. Maybe it's 60-40 for Cousins just because you finally have a guy. Let's, um, what time we got? We got time for one or two here. Uh, we'll scroll through. The longest holding would be Mike in Burnsville. Good morning, Mike. Hi. Morning. How you doing? Good. What's up? I'm a Jets fan from New York, living here now 28 years. Really? So. You're from New York? I never would have guessed that. How do you know? I don't know. Um, just... Anyway, uh, I, as far as the Jets and Cousins, Cousins can't help them. They don't have an offensive line. The Jets have to look what they did years ago when they drafted Mangold and Ferguson and build that line. doesn't matter who you put back there. Mm-hmm. Not going to work. I would love to see Teddy go there on the McCowan, you know, or earn yeah. a starting position, learn from McCowan, let the Jets build the line. And, and I think for both Bridgewater and the Jets, that's a real nice fix. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so I mean, I, European. I mean, I talked to all my buddies back in New York, and you know, they're all bummed now. Cousins may not go there. I I don't see him helping him. It doesn't matter. No offensive line. You know, as a Jets fan, we've lived through that since that guy Namath. Um, 
we get no protection. And, and when they did build the line, they got to go to the AFC Championship with Sanchez as their quarterback. Right, right. So, and that's what I see. I mean, I, like, and you're right. I, I don't see even here with the Vikings, Cousins doing any more than Keenum's done. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. But uh, that's my two cents. I'd love to see Teddy uh, quarterback in the Jets as a starter. Yeah, that sounds like. I appreciate the call, Mike. You know, we we mentioned the tweet by Adam Schefter earlier this morning that that Teddy's in Indy. He's uh, heard from a number of teams. A handful of teams, Schefter tweeted, are uh, looking at Teddy as their starter. I would think then the Jets would have to consider Teddy. He, they'd have to be one of the teams. The other team for me with Cousins, the only other team of the four that had any kind of legs to me are the Denver Broncos because you know they were 5-11. and 11. It was a, a lost season. They had no quarterback play whatsoever. They still have a top-five defense, Denver does. Um, they still have two really good receivers in Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. Their offensive line needs a little work. Their backfield is not anywhere near where the Vikes is if Dalvin Cook is back. You've got C.J. Anderson, who churns out 1,000-yard seasons, but is not uh, a difference maker at all. But you've got the John Elway factor. You know, does Kirk Cousins, how does he feel about John Elway? Would that mean a lot to him that Elway wants him to go to Denver, a proud franchise not that far removed from a Super Bowl that might just be a quarterback away? That's the only competition, I believe, Unless Cousins just wants the most money ever and goes to the Jets and and counts his money, I don't think that's the way he wants to go, especially if he only wants a a three year deal, which is what has been widely reported. Uh, it sounds like the Vikes are the leaders in the clubhouse. Uh, that doesn't mean it's done. Uh, Denver to me seems like the one team that could get his ear. Uh, they've got some salary cap issues they'd have to work out. I I, I think uh, Vikes are in much better shape in that capacity. But it feels to me like those are the two main choices for him. Uh, but if you read through the tea leaves, what we're reading today, the Jets do believe that the Vikes have the inside track and that that is where Kirk would like to go. We have to pause one final time. Uh, we've got uh, Jim, Jeff, and what is this, Durte in the 11th Thirte? Is that actually a guy's name, Ryan Donaldson? Oh, yeah, he's a, he's a regular. Is he a regular on Sunday sermons? Oh, sure. Gotcha. Uh, all three of you, uh, your calls are next in the final segment. Um did we really get to Wolves talk like I promised? Not really. I don't think we have yet. All right. Let's uh, dive into a couple minutes of where the Wolves stand with about uh, 16, 17 games left in a brutal five-game stretch coming up in a ridiculously tight Western Conference. A couple minutes on the Wolves, and we'll close up with more Cousins conversation. Sunday Sermons on the Fan. Check this out. You can check out our contest page, KFAN.com, and register for your chance to win an exclusive trip to the NCAA Final Four in San Antonio. The trip will include airfare, lodging, two tickets to the National Semifinal and National Championship Games, a VIP experience, and much, much more. KFAN.com, keyword contests to enter. Back 1038, that's my uh, my buddy Pepe Willie on vocals, 94 East. I'll be uh, heading down to play some golf with that man, Orlando, tonight, next few days, taking a few dollars out of his pocket. Looking forward to uh, a few rounds of golf. 
while you guys deal with a new Snonami for Bump to Name when he gets back from Maui. How bitter is he going to be? Oh, my goodness. Up to nine inches by Tuesday, it sounds oh, like. <laughs> a week in Maui, and he comes home to nearly a foot of snow uh, here. But you get to name it. Maybe Maui Waui. Could be the <laughs> That's not bad. Leader in the clubhouse for the new Snonami name. I'm Dave Sinekin, along with Ryan Donaldson. Our final segment today, I think it's the only... Only local show on uh, FM 100.3 today. No cake show since Garzy just tweeted. He woke up and and saw the tweet that Cousins has or Minnesota has emerged as the front runner to land Kirk Cousins. So that's going to be driving, I'm sure, him and Bump crazy. They can't talk about this for the next 28, 29 hours before they are back tomorrow, three o'clock, live broadcast from Maui. The emails going through them during the break. The majority. I would say, are all aboard the Kirk Cousins train, excited by the news this morning that it appears the Jets are resigned to the fact that Cousins prefers to come here than to the rebuilding project that is New York. I mean, really, if it's 8 or $10 million difference, I mean, when, once you're talking that kind of money, I don't think the bottom line figures in. It's where can I possibly go deep in the playoffs? The one point I made yesterday was, there are a lot of lot. It's a tougher road in the NFC to get through right now. If he goes to Denver, you know, I I think the you know Ben's getting older, Brady's getting older. You know, a couple of years, he has a really good chance to, to do something in Denver. Whereas here, there are a lot of roadblocks. You know, there are a lot of quarterbacks in the NFC that are Super Bowl caliber, Super Bowl participating, Super Bowl winning. Somebody tweeted me. Let me get past the Dave sucks email. Uh, I had mentioned. I promise a little Wolves talk coming up in one second. Uh, this is from Bill. David. I heard you comment that Cousins would only be the third best quarterback in the division, so who besides Brady do you think could be brought in here that would be better than Rodgers and Stafford? That's a pretty good question. So I went through it in my head quickly. Who could the Vikes bring in and not have the third best quarterback in the North? In other words, that would be better than Stafford because, frankly, there is nobody better than Rodgers right now. So other than Brady, who would I rather have than Stafford? I'd rather have Matt Ryan. I'd rather have Russell Wilson. Drew Brees and Ben are old, but I'd rather have them if I'm the Vikings for the next two years. So I'd take Brees. I'd take Ben. Now it gets a little trickier. Cam, Newton, I think I'd rather have Cam than Stafford. I'm with you there. Just the running ability. Now there are things about Cam I don't like. I can't shake the Super Bowl where the ball's loose and he doesn't go into the scrum. And he stands there like he's got a little bag of popcorn. Like, somebody go get that. That bothered me. But I would take Cam. So that's what? That's Ryan, Wilson, Breeze, Ben, Cam. Then they get to, like, Andrew Luck. You know, what do you do with Andrew Luck? I I love Andrew Luck. He hasn't played in two seasons. Um, But I might take Luck over Stafford. And then I just have one wild card because I love Deshaun Watson. And yeah, he's coming off the AC. Carson Wentz, too. I'll take Watson and Wentz over Stafford as well, if I'm the Vikes. So, okay, good point, but I still like eight quarterbacks. That's a quarter of the league that I that would, would, would make the Vikes have the second-best quarterback in the division. It's just kind of a fun throwaway line. I'm just I'm playing the Packer card here. Look, the Vikings have a very good team that, that's built to win right now. They feel, it appears, that Kirk Cousins will take them over the top, and maybe he will. Um, but there are ramifications to paying your quarterback, you know, top 
money in the NFL, which is what Cousins will get. He'll have the richest per season's contract in the NFL until Rodgers signs probably in July or August. But I understand the excitement. If I were a, a long-suffering Vikings fan like Ryan Donaldson, <laughs> who year to year you just you list the quarterbacks. You think you got your guy in Culpepper. You think you got your guy in, in Teddy. You got Randall Cunningham for a year. I mean, you can go through. You just haven't had the stability. Cousins could offer you that, but he is not without warts, okay? He's just not. Otherwise, Jay Gruden would have signed him. Somebody said, well, they just didn't want to tag him anymore. They keep tagging him. They don't want to pay him all that money. Well, then sign him to a long-term deal. That's a flawed argument. Yeah, you don't want to tag a guy because the money goes up every year, but they have the ability to say, all right, we're going to throw this away and sign you to a five-year, $140 million, whatever it is, and you're our guy. And Gruden and the Redskins decided that they didn't want him to be that guy. And that just it has to at least enter the conversation that the team that he's been productive for for three years didn't want to commit to him, didn't want to pay him like a Rodgers, a Brady, a Breeze, a Rivers, one of those guys. And I don't know that he is that good, but he's certainly going to command that kind of money. And maybe on a team like this, it doesn't have to be that good. Just don't turn the ball over. Have a, a whisper of a threat of a deep game, which Cousins is a good deep ball thrower. And um, and and thrive under John DeFilippo's system, and you know that's what I think the Vikings will be banking on. That he doesn't have to be Rodgers; he just needs to be a guy they can count on to not throw the game away quickly on the Wolves. A rare All Star break type five day break, which is not that surprising if you look at the standings. They've played like four or five more games than anybody else somehow, so they're going to get a little catch up here as the Western teams play and knock each other off. They fell from third to seventh, I think, after the loss in Utah Friday night. They went up, I think, to fourth after uh, Portland knocked off OKC last night and uh, a couple of other things. So it's very fluid. I think teams three through seven are within a game of each other in the standings. It's incredibly um, close in the West. And the loss of Butler is just devastating. Now this That's the one you could you could argue... Losing Towns would be more devastating. But I don't know. What what Butler gives you as a leader in the defense, it just changes everything. And, you know, best-case scenario, I mean, certainly they could fall out of the playoffs. That's not out of the realm. I don't think they will. Once they get past this next stretch of five games, if you look at the last 10 or 11, it, it does look a lot more tenable. But the next five games, they come back Thursday night, the Celtics, who should have knocked off the Rockets last night and ended their 14-game winning streak. Kyrie missed a bunny that would have won the game. Rockets have won 15 straight, but Boston's as good as anybody, just about. They come in Thursday, then Golden State shows up next Sunday, a week from today. How's that for back-to-back at home? Thursday, Sunday. That's brutal. So you got Boston, Golden State, then you head to the road to go play the Wizards and the Spurs, and... You know, they're not great teams, but they're very good at home. Spurs lost to the Lakers at home last night. Uh, hopefully they'll be over that by the time the Wolves get in there in about 10 days. But back-to-back at the Wizards, who are playing better without John Wall, and then at the Spurs, then they come home um, to a game I'm going to against the Houston Rockets. That'll be a good one. That's a, I mean, will they win one of those five? That's a tough stretch, man. They could lose all five. Easily. I mean, they could lose all five and suddenly find themselves in 11th place. No, probably 10th place. Because Utah's sitting there at 10th, and they're they're playing really well. But don't panic. 
even if they go 0-5, don't panic. Because a lot of uh, inbreeding, if you will, a lot of these Western teams are going to play each other, and they're going to get losses too. But it's it's going to be difficult in the short term. I think best-case scenario Wolves fans should hope for is let's just try to get up to six. If you can avoid that Rockets or Warriors in round one and get to six, you know, it's not trying to get home court anymore. That's I'm afraid uh, that ship has sailed. And, and for many, it might just be let's just get in the playoffs at this point. you got to play the Rockets in round one at least. We're in the playoffs. Maybe Butler comes back. Maybe you steal a game. You make some close games. And you feel good about the season as a stepping stone. But everything changed when Butler went down. And there are no guarantees he'll be back for the playoffs. That's the the wishful thinking. And if he's not, you know, what's the point? But it'd be good for Wiggins and Towns to get a taste of the playoffs. It's organization, the fans, to watch playoff basketball would be great. But, man, it's it's a buzzkill. You know, it truly is. Every year you see teams lose key players this time of year, and, and I guess it's our turn, uh, if you will. But, man, it'd be nice to catch a break, wouldn't it, with a team that's and fans that have been so desperate to bring back what it was like in the early 2000s. We thought we were finally there, and then one twist of the knee, and it all goes crumbling down. It has been a while for the Timberwolves, the lowly Timberwolves. And I have a question for you, Davey. So you have the MVP race in the NBA, and right now it's probably LeBron James, James Harden, and... And Anthony Davis, the way he's been playing for the Pelicans the last couple of weeks, he's mm-hmm. been absurd. But I have to ask you, I mean, normally when you look at MVP races, you need players to play almost all 82 games in an NBA regular season. But given the way the Wolves have looked without Jimmy Butler, does that speak more volumes like towards the just like when his absence is gone, how much worse the team kind of looks as a whole? Uh, does that speak more towards how valuable Jimmy Butler has been for this team, and does that actually bolster his name in the MVP race? Yeah, it's kind of like the Aaron Rodgers thing, right? You could right. argue that the Rodgers should be the MVP because look what happens to the Packers exactly. when, when he's out. Yeah, no, I think Butler was a legit top five MVP candidate when he was playing. The fact is, if you're not playing, you cannot win, and James Harden's been absurd this year. You know, you look at the Rockets, Chris Paul missed what, 10, 15 games? And and Harden just carried them. Eric Gordon, too, but Harden, to me, is the far away leader in the clubhouse for MVP. Anthony Davis is that thoroughbred on the on the back turn that's, that's flying from the outside. He's been remarkable in DeMarcus Cousins' absence. They're a better team without DeMarcus Cousins, which certainly, for that Cousins, the, uh, the chance at a big payday is dropping quickly. Not so much for the other Cousins. I don't believe they're related. But they do share a last name. I the, always love that one. Unibra, and Trent made a great point. Remember, last year, without Cousins, the Wolves couldn't handle New Orleans. That, New Orleans crushed the Wolves. This year, with Cousins, the Wolves handled the Pelicans every time they played them. And, uh, and now that he's out, they've won seven straight. I, I don't think they played last night, but they've got a nice win streak going. He is a reason why. So I, I get what you're saying. I don't know if Butler will finish top five because he'll sort of be out of sight, out of mind. But... I think he has clearly demonstrated that this season he was one of the top five most valuable players uh, in the NBA. All right, we've only got a few minutes left. A number of guys have been holding. I'd like to get to their calls, see what they have on their mind. Uh, let's begin with your guy, Durte in the eleven thirty. Good morning. Hey, Davey. Hi. I am I'm a little disappointed that uh, I've been calling the fan for 25 years and you don't know my moniker. Never heard your moniker in my life. Who do you call? What uh, shows do you call? I'm a founding member of the Love Covenant. Are you really? That, yes. That's unbelievable. 
All right. Well, let's get to business. Um, the uh, Nice the of you to listen to In the Zone, by the way. What's that? Nice of you to listen to In the Zone. You never called my program in 25 years. Dude, I listen almost all the time, but all I right, never cool. call. All right, that's I'm fair. too intimidated. <laughs> fair enough. What you got? Um, one movie that's being overlooked a bit is Dunkirk. Didn't love it. I believe. Yeah, I saw it. I, I Maybe it was one of those movies for me that was so hyped as this just visionary spectacle. Um, I, I didn't love it. I'm sorry. It wasn't, wasn't my well, cup of tea. The one thing I liked about it is they went for long periods of time with nobody even speaking. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of, I think, another Academy Award winner, Black Beauty from like 1983. Remember the one about the horse? Yeah, I don't think I ever saw it. I remember the movie, but I don't think I saw it. That movie went for like 45 minutes without anybody talking. It was just visually that impressive. Yeah. And I think Dunkirk has a little bit of that. And uh, I just thought it was awesome. I haven't seen them all, but I've seen that one. Okay. Um, as for Cousins, he is the best of this year. That's what we're kind of overlooking. Um, he looks better, I think, just because he's just the best of this year. Yep. So he looks so much better. Um, yes, they don't come on the market very often like Cousins. Um, I think the Vikings are better off staying away from him. Um, and just signing the the guy who brought you to the dance. Yeah, thanks for the call. I, I that's how I'd go, and I it feels there's a lot of support both ways. I think it's it's a real conundrum. Um, I understand the argument both ways. I get why Vikings fans want that guy you know has put together four thousand yard seasons, multiple years, uh, took a team to the playoffs, and is as as um, Durte said. He is the guy this year. Now, in another year, maybe he wouldn't be, but there aren't too many guys that are quote-unquote franchise quarterbacks that come on the market. It just doesn't happen every year, and this is a year where the Vikes have the cap room and uh, the wherewithal. If, if they believe in him and they have an offensive coordinator who faced him twice a year, at least in Philly, Filippo moves around a lot. He's been with like eight teams. I don't know what that's I know a lot of coaches do. And it feels like he's a rent a coordinator, right? He's going to be here for a year. If right. the Vikes do well, he'll he'll be the hot name and a head coach maybe in a year or so. Um, but I don't know. He that the guy jumps around every single year, and I understand the opportunity to call his own plays and to be the offensive guy here. Because even in Philly, he likely would have gotten the offensive coordinator job with Frank Wright going to Indy, but he still wouldn't have called the plays. It would still be Doug Peterson calling the plays, and he wouldn't get all the uh, the respect. Um, here, he is the man. And if he says to Zimmer and Spielman, man, I've watched this Cousins for twice a year, he's got it, man. He has got it. I could do a lot with that guy. And maybe that's the conversation they've had, and they said, all right, that's enough for us. Clearly, that's enough for me. My apologies to uh, Jeff and Big Lake, Jim and Burnsville. Um, my long-windedness has cost you a chance to uh, join in. I appreciate you calling. Sorry I don't have time for you. Uh, Bump will be back certainly next Sunday for Sunday Sermons and back Monday from Maui with JG live from, well, it's not the big island, right? It's an island. It's an island. It's one of the islands. Three more days for them. Please uh, stay tuned to listen to that and to all the great programming on The Fan. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. For Ryan Donaldson, I'm Dave Sinekin. Thanks for listening. Have a great week, everybody.
You're listening to the fan. Fan.